I'm Dr. Fred Silva of Arcana Laboratories coming to you from Little Rock, Arkansas with another installment of Throwback Thursday. This is a short history of immunofluorescence. In the early 1900s, immunology was becoming a force in medicine. Since 1934, Masugi and others had already firmly established that immunologic factors played a very important role in the pathogenesis of glomerulonephritis. Years passed until 1950 when, for the first time, thanks to Coons and Kaplan, we were able to identify antigens and antibodies in freshly harvested animal and human tissues. Coons had developed methods of coupling fluorescent probes to antibodies at that time called gamma globulins in frozen sections. The kidney was one of the very first organs explored revealing deposition of antibodies and complement components in the glomeruli. In 1955, Mellers, in the Journal of Histochemistry Cytochemistry, demonstrated in vivo localization of antibodies and antigenic components in the pathogenesis of glomerulonephritis. In the 1960s, doctors Frank Dixon, Fred Gramuth, Robert McCluskey, and others integrated this new knowledge about pathogenesis of immune complex diseases into the concept of diagnostic renal pathology. This permitted characterization of several immunologic and non-immunologic renal disorders along with several immune-mediated experimental models that were similar to human entities. Thanks to the initial work of Dr. Coons, much of our understanding in medical renal disease advanced greatly. Now a little bit about Albert Coons. Dr. Coons was schooled at Harvard and Mass General Hospital, then joined the Thorndike Labs under the pioneering immunologist and bacteriologist Dr. Hans Zimmer. When Albert took a trip in 1939 to Berlin, he had time to think and walk in addition to talking with his colleagues in Germany and wondered about the nature of the Ashoff nodule in rheumatic fever. He mulled over the antigens and the antibodies involved in its formation, the nature of the immunologic hypersensitivity, which had never been tested without antigens or antibodies in use. He had the notion of labeling an antibody molecule with a visible label, although his colleagues were quite skeptical. They were skeptical because, one, the knowledge of antibody structure was rudimentary at that time. Two, the method of attaching fluorescent molecules to antibodies did not exist. And three, the synthesis of such chemical tags was in its infancy. In 1941, Coons and colleagues successfully coupled a fluorophore to antinumococcal antibodies. The resulting product retained its immunologic function and agglutinated pneumococcal organisms. They were brightly fluorescent with a microscope with an ultraviolet light source. He served in the medical corps of the U.S. Army in the Pacific Theater. By the end of World War II into the 1950s, he had demonstrated rickettsial organisms and mumps viral antigens. Over the years, he and others established the universality of his technique for detecting a large number of antigens in cells and tissues. As Dr. Coons called it, and this is a quote, putting tail lights on antibodies, end of quote. He later became chair of the Department of Pathology at Harvard. 
In the 1960s and early 70s, some commercial antibodies were somewhat suspect. For example, the ISKDC, the International Study of Kidney Disease in Children, studies were centralized and the immunofluorescence was done at Rush Medical Center by Drs. Ed Lewis, Mel Schwartz, and others. However, over time, the quality of the antibodies used became much better and all of the appropriate controls needed were in place, such as positive and negative controls, absorption studies, and so on, which were required by the immunologists at the time, and the immunologists were king at that time. In a eulogy of Dr. Coons by his friend, Dr. Morris Karnofsky of Harvard quoted Carlyle, a light once kindled spreads till all is luminous, end of quote. 